You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 340 of Podcateers. This week we talk about people doing good things and paying it forward. Disney is cracking down on eBay resellers again. Snow White's Scary Adventures gets a new name and look. And we chat about the season finale of The Mandalorian. Just know that it, this episode does contain spoilers, so if you haven't watched it yet, make sure that you do, because we don't want this episode to spoil it for you. We'd love to hear your thoughts, though, on the season finale of The Mandalorian and what some of your favorite moments this season were. You can join the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or our new Discord server. You'll find a link in the blog post for this episode, or you can just leave a comment on the blog post for the episode over at podcateers.com slash 340. Our virtual food drive to raise money to help cast members and other hospitality workers in Orange County is almost over. Thank you to everyone that's contributed and shared the link with your friends and family. We've been really excited about this food drive through Second Harvest City Food Bank because every dollar donated becomes the equivalent of up to three meals. So far with your help, we've been able to provide almost 1,500 meals in the Orange County area. This food drive is just a small way for us to try to repay some of that magic that cast members have provided us with over the years. And since these are difficult times, we figured this would be a great way for us to help. If you would like more information or want to help, you can go to teamboatwilly.com for info and a link to our Second Harvest page to make a donation. To everyone that's donated or shared our food drive info, thank you so much for spreading the magic. We know that anything that we raise is going to help make this a better Christmas for a lot of people. And of course, before we jump into the episode, we'd like to send a special thank you to the FGP Squad, aka our podcast Fairy Godparents, because it's their monthly support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. Being a part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks like access to our monthly happy hour calls, additional discounts on gear, additional content. Uh, so if you would like more info on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, you can go to podcateers.com slash fgp and as always a very special thank you to the fgp squad for their continued support uh so that's it that's gonna wrap up this intro we hope that you all have a very merry christmas that you had a wonderful hanukkah and to all happy holidays stay safe thank you for listening here is episode 340 of podcateers Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I love it when something right like happened in 2020. Right? Ooh. Man. <laughs> I just saw um you know the the good news segments that John Krasinski was doing early in the year before no. he sold out, no? Mm-mm. Uh I shouldn't say he sold out. Uh <laughs> so John Krasinski of The Office and Jack Ryan and you know A Quiet Place fame, you know, just to name a few. He put together this YouTube show called Some Good News, and it was kind of at the height of the pandemic back in like March, April ish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was dedicating these like 20, 30 minute videos to just sharing good news that was happening in the world, because at the time, 
we were getting bombarded with one piece of bad news after another. And mm-hmm. not much has changed, to be honest with you. I mean, right. you know, let's let's be honest. 2020, am I right? Yep. Mm. But <laughs> he was going on and he was sharing, like, the stories of the frontline workers, the nurses, the doctors, the EMTs, and, and so on, you know, and highlighting stories about, you know, how they helped this family and this and how they did this and that. And it was really fun. Like, he shared stories of families at home and how they were finding ways to pass the time and... Uh, I think he threw a prom for a school because they were all at home. So he like DJed. It was crazy. It was a really fun way to kind of take what was happening, you know, a little more lighthearted, mm-hmm. which uh, it, that actually ended up inspiring one of the videos that I did for our all staffs because we were doing our first virtual all staff. I created some good news philanthropy edition. And so I took nice. a bunch of stories from all of our colleagues and I basically did the the, the same format, put together some good news uh, philanthropy edition and it turned out really well. Um, I mean, you know, if John Krasinski's still looking for somebody to continue, you know, <laughs> doing some good news, uh, then I'm still available. I'm still open to it. And so uh, halfway through the year, he ended up selling it to Viacom, CBS, okay. and now they were supposed to put together their version of some good news on their new service, mm-hmm. but like their service is possibly the lowest used among all the services out there. Is this um, the uh, CBS All Access? Yeah, yeah, CBS okay. All Access. It is heavily used in our house. Is it really? For Star Trek, yes. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that's what course. it was. On. I didn't know what was of on course. it. Uh, oh, yeah. I know that the CSIs are on there, but I don't yeah. know, you know, much of everything else. And I don't even know if they ended up doing some good news after all. Mm-hmm. So the reason I brought it up was because there was this dad that – I guess was selling his stuff on eBay. And it reminded me of this because we're going to talk about eBay in a little bit. But Mm -hmm. there was this dad that was selling a bunch of his stuff on eBay because he didn't have a job. He had lost his job because of COVID and he was, you know, struggling to make ends meet. Like his wife passed away a couple Christmases ago. And so he was just trying to provide a really great Christmas for his kids. And so he lists all of these collectibles that he had, like these really nice comic book wrestling and several thousand dollars worth of merchandise up on eBay. Mm -hmm. Uh, He asked The Rock on Twitter if he could retweet him, you know, so he could try to get these items sold. Mm -hmm. And The Rock responds. He's like, hey, you know, you're a great dad. I got something else cooking for you. Don't you worry. You know, keep your head up or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. (laughs) So then there's this new episode of Some Good News. I'm thinking, what the? I haven't seen this in months. John, welcome back to my screen. (laughs) So I play it. He starts talking about, he goes rapid fire, just catching everybody up with everything that's been happening. And so he all of a sudden brings this guy that's been selling his stuff on eBay. And he's like, I tried to buy your stuff on eBay, but the guy blocked him. He thought he was like trolling him or he was being cyber attacked. And Mm -hmm. so he said, "Okay, look, I got somebody that can make a difference for you. And he brings the rock on. Nice. Okay. And so they're like, yeah, you know, we're going to provide you whatever your kids want on their Christmas list. Delist everything on on eBay. We're going to give you the amount of money that you're asking for for everything. So you get to keep your stuff. And then he says, hey, do you like Black Adam? You know, do you like DC? He says, yeah. 
He says, well, when I'm done filming Black Adam, when I'm done with this script, the script that I am using, the one with my name on it, I'm going to have it leather bound. I'm going to sign it to you. And then I'm going to send it to you as your ultimate collectible. I was like, what? Dude. It's like, Whoa. that's so freaking cool. <laughs> that's awesome. And so I just keep thinking that, you know, in, in what's been, I've been reflecting a lot, you know, about this entire year. And uh, one of the, the things that makes me laugh the most is, you know, on TikTok, they always have the show me this without telling me this. Right. And one mm-hmm. of the ones that's been floating around recently was show me something you bought at the beginning of the pandemic that turned out to be absolutely useless. And it cuts to this dude and he's holding up his Disney annual pass. No. <laughs> yep. and, I mean, I mean, it made me laugh. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Right. Like we all mm-hmm. kind of went through that, but it, it made me laugh right. and it was kind of humorous. So I guess now mm-hmm. that we're kind of tail ending 2020. It got me thinking about all these. There was all these stories that I was reading. I was purposely searching for happy things because it's been difficult, right? Yeah. There was mm-hmm. this one dude in Florida. You know, he's gained a little bit of success. He's he's made a little bit of money running his business in Florida. And last year, I guess he ended up paying for 36 different households because they were struggling with utilities. And that was just mm-hmm. like his way of saying Merry Christmas. And so this year, because of what was happening, he paid the utility bills for 114 different households. That's, Holy cow. That's a lot. Isn't that yeah. crazy? 114 awesome. households. Like he paid almost eight grand paying all of their utilities so that they could continue uh, to have water, electricity, heat, you know, with everything that's going on in Florida right now. So wow. uh, the gentleman's amazing. name. Yeah. yeah. The gentleman's name is Michael Esmond. So, uh, Michael Esmond, you are the Podketeer Hero of the Week. Heck yeah. That is uh, you rock, sir. <laughs> that's fantastic. Seriously. So, uh, oh, so anyway, the reason I was bringing up eBay and the reason it made me think about it <laughs> was because, you know, the Walt Castle and everything, you know, we're like, oh, you know, we got to, mm-hmm. you know, we want to get it. Before we get into this eBay conversation, I have something awesome to show you. Mm-hmm. As you know. There was some trials and tribulations in the past. Mm-hmm. There uh, was some things that were difficult for me to get. But this time, hey, yes! it happened. <laughs> I got my cool and Castle Funko. That is Beautiful. awesome. That I is awesome. I <laughs> could not believe it when I saw the box. Actually, Lynette saw the box. She said, hey, you have something from Shop Disney that just came in in the mail. And when she said it, like, it's semi-registered, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I got a box from Shop Disney. But in my head, it didn't register. It's the Walt and Castle Funko. Like, I just thought, mm-hmm. oh, cool. I just ordered something, right? <laughs> That's what we do in 2020. <laughs> and so, like, three days go by. And she's like, hey, are you going to open that box or what? I was like, what box? I completely <laughs> forgot it was there. Wow. <laughs> and so I, go, she's like the shop Disney box. I'm like, oh, the shop Disney box. So I go get it. I open it. It's the Castle and Walt Funko. Uh, they didn't disappoint. <laughs> the box was damaged slightly because you know that's how they do. Um, yeah. But ultimately, <laughs> what came out of it is a little bit of happiness in mm-hmm. what's been. Uh, 
I can't use that language on the podcast. It's been a year. Yeah. It's been a year, yeah. Are you going to keep it's... it in the box? Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> that's boring. Man. No, dude, I'm keeping no. it in the box, man. So boring. And it the takes up so much so more cute. room. I, I guess. <laughs> Look, like, I the only reason I would want that one is for the castle. Like, the castle's awesome. Yeah. I'd love to have a little model of the Disneyland castle. But, I mean, Walt, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't look like Walt. It's just, it kind of does. kind of doesn't, though. I'm, it do, I mean, it's a Funko, dude. <laughs> it's not going to be, like, fully detailed. I know. But, yeah, the castle looks awesome. Yeah, the I, castle looks legit. It, so detailed. You know, uh, there is a part of me that wants to open it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> are you going to sell it for a lot of money in 50 years? I don't plan on it. Like, I plan on keeping this. I mean, to me, like, the box just obscures the thing that you got, you know? Like, I would want it, like, out on a shelf that I, so I could look at it and appreciate it and wonder at it. That's Maybe. just me, though. I don't, I've never gotten the whole keep it in the box thing unless you're a collector that intends to flip it and, like, keep buying more things and flip them when they increase in value. You know what I mean? Uh, you, no, I totally get what you mean. Um, no, I don't. I do <laughs> like to collect stuff. But I very rarely take them out of the package. Like, hmm. remember the vinyl mations that they used to sell? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I had two vinyl mations, one that had the Main Street Magic Shop on it, mm-hmm. and another one that had the opening of Cars Land, like painted on mm. it, and it has the date and everything. So those I've kept sealed only because. Uh, I just don't like how dusty they get, and it's easier to mm-hmm. quickly just dust off a box than it is to like get in the crevices of everything that you have on display. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like, like especially with the castle, the castle's pretty intricate, mm-hmm. and you know after about a week, like I don't want to have to keep dusting it. It's easier for me to wipe down the top of the box than having to dust the castle. You know what I mean? Okay, so the answer is lazy. Got it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I'm totally trying I'm to be kidding. lazy about this. No, it's true. I am totally trying to be lazy. Like, I have so much other stuff going on that I don't want to spend two hours just dusting. Yeah. You know? I get it. So, anyway, I'm super happy. I I didn't think I was going to get it. Like, th- at least a couple times throughout the last several episodes, I've mentioned how I've been disappointed mm-hmm. by previous pre-orders that I didn't get. This time was no different. I just felt, you know, I'll place the order, and if I get it, great. And if I don't, well, it's what I've come to expect from them. So, mm-hmm. whatever. And Merry Christmas, man, to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things that I, I felt like I really, really wanted ever since mm-hmm. they announced it. Like, I don't look at Funko Pops and think like, oh, I need to have the entire collection of everything, you know? Uh I only have like probably about seven or eight Funkos total. Mm -hmm. This is one of them. And they're all in the box. But I display them in the box. Maybe one day I'll take them out. I've also kept a lot of things in the box because when my kids were younger, they would want to open them and play with them. And if Mm -hmm. they're collectibles, even if they're on display, like I don't want them to get damaged. So I would Mm -hmm. purposely leave them in the box so that they would know that they were off limits. And now that my kids are older, they want to open the boxes and play with them. So, you know, boxes still remain closed. Mm -hmm. So there's that. 
I get it. Uh, so yeah, okay. So sim- sorry, I just keep trailing off on on these tangents. But so eBay, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as you <laughs> know, something collectible comes out, and then all of a sudden, everybody's buying up. No, not everybody. There's a bunch of people that tend to buy lots of them, and then they go resell them on eBay. Mm-hmm. And this last week, Disney started to crack down on them again. Good. So how really are they cracking good. down? From what I've seen, it looks like they're going to eBay and they are delisting a lot of the items that are being flipped. So it happened a lot with the Walt Castle uh, mm-hmm. Funko. And this isn't new. I think Disney's done this before. They've, uh, I think uh, a year or two ago, around the same time, they did the same thing. They went to eBay and they started delisting things. But it's so much easier. Like this year, it's been easier for people that were willing to brave the line to go to get some of these exclusive things. You know, mm-hmm. I remember, wh- when was it, Mel? Like in August? When when did we try to get the Hatbox Ghost pins for the 60th anniversary? I want to say it was August. Something like that, right? It was July. Mm-hmm. It had to have been July because that was the anniversary mm-hmm. for Disneyland. It couldn't have been August. So anyway, yeah. for the 65th anniversary, they released a whole bunch of pins. They released backpacks from Loungefly and all this exclusive 65th anniversary gear. But they mm. did it in a virtual queue on their website. And they've done stuff like that before, but it never functioned very well. Like there was always problems with it. And this, <laughs> I will tell you, was no different. So we went on there. I remember getting on not too long after they announced it. And I was apparently like 8,900 and something, 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 you know, by the time <laughs> I decided I don't want to do this anymore. And honestly, I don't remember what number it was. I just know that I was some ridiculous number that I was never going to catch up to the end of the queue. And I was on there like the entire day, the entire night. And by then I knew everything was out of stock. I knew I wasn't going to get any of the stuff that I wanted. But uh, we didn't get the anniversary stuff. But there was people purchasing stuff in person at World of Disney here in Anaheim. And I guess those are the people that Disney is really cracking down on. Not specifically for the fact that technically they're breaking the terms of service of their annual pass holder agreement. Because according to the AP benefits, all of the discounts and stuff are for personal use and not for for commercial purpose. So that's including obtaining merchandise and then reselling Mm -hmm. it, you know, to make money. And so because these APs were buying massive amounts of this merchandise and then reselling it for profit... They're technically breaking the annual pass holder agreement. And so that's why Disney's Mm -hmm. going after them. That's the basis of where this is coming from. Hmm. Um, I'm assuming that at some point Disney heard the cries of so many people or they heard us talk about it. But so many people on Twitter that were like, hey, what the hell? You know, you release these things and I'm on there two minutes after, but then you're sold out. You know, yeah. and I think yeah. it has to do with just people's frustrations and them trying to move on and trying to figure out exactly what they want to do. But yeah, I'm glad that they're finally doing something about it again. Um, it, again, it, I have mixed feelings about it, right? Because I I get the hustle and I respect it. But at the same time, Disney just has to do things different so that it's a little more fair for everybody else. Like you could do your hustle a different way, Right. Or if you're paying mm-hmm. for things full price, maybe that changes the way that Disney views it. 
because mm-hmm. I think they're just angry that people are using their annual discount, their annual pass discount to buy a bunch right. of stuff and then reselling it. Mm-hmm. So will that change it? Will they just tell people you have to buy these full price? I don't know. But if they can't determine who's reselling and who's buying it just for personal use, does that mean they're going to make everything full price and we're all going to lose out on the AP discount? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I think that it, it's the real solution lies in the limitations at time of purchase. You know, I, I think that's mm-hmm. the, the, the point where all these roads kind of crisscross and where the solution needs to happen. Uh, because we can't rely on just human decency to step in. Like, that's never going to happen, especially with rabid fans of any fandom. Uh, they just lose their mind. It, it's, you know, it's insanity to me. But, uh, yeah, I think that's where they got to do it. They got to l- make limitations on how many you can purchase and and make that a you know, hard, fast rule and make it really small and, you know, and just go from there. I, I don't know that they can really... I don't know that they want to spend their time individually saying, well, these limited things you don't get a discount on, but these regular things you do get a discount on. Like that, that just gets too too messy, I think, for annual pass discounts. So I think they'll probably leave that intact. Um, but I, I think it has to be a limitation. And that's the funny thing, too, that they do place limits on a lot of the things that you purchase, but people find loopholes, right? They take mm-hmm. another person with them or... They say, oh, uh, my son is buying two of them as well. Or, you know, mm-hmm. this person with me, the they live in the same household. Don't worry. They're buying two as well. And before you know it, that person who should have been limited to two all of a sudden ended up with 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yep. So, yeah, you're right. That I mean, limitation. You can only do so much there. Yeah. That limit is going to be crucial to having more successful launches to things that are limited. Mm-hmm. And I hope they find a solution soon. Uh, I don't know. I feel I mean, like I, get... I Well, I guess the other solution is they should make 10 times as many as they do. But then is it really limited, though? I mean, or just who, limit purchases, who cares? purchases to two. Who cares when they release 10,000 limited edition things? Whether it's 10,000 of one thing or 10,000 different things, like... At some point, they're they're Funkos. I mean, they're like Beanie Babies were 20 years ago. Everybody thought they were going to be millionaires one day. They're worthless. You know, like it's not we're talking about Funkos here. You know, we're not talking about one of those Swarovski crystal, you know, castles that has actual real value and then potential greater value later on. These are plastic vinyl figures that are mass produced that look exactly the same as 10 billion other vinyl figures. So like it, that I don't get that argument at all. It doesn't it doesn't hold up to me because these are meaningless little trinkets. I mean, I I, I say that in a in a value sense. They're 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 very meaningful to a lot of people who love them and I can appreciate that. But in true value, they're 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 nothing. And so, yeah, make 10 times as many more. You can still call it limited because it still will be limited to just a bigger number. You know, I mean, everything ultimately is limited. They're not going to make anything in, you know, perpetuity forever. Right. Let let me cover Walt Mm -hmm. Funko Walt's ears over here (sighs) because you you just called him a trinket. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I don't know that Walt would appreciate being a Funko or not. That's I've had my you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've kind of (laughs) had. 
like an inner dialogue about that. I'm not crazy, okay? Mm. I've just <laughs> thought, you know, part of the reason we don't have like a Walt animatronic is because people want to be respectful of Walt, you know? Like you yeah. can't do him justice, really. And although mm-hmm. we've armchair imagineered ways of bringing him back in VR and all sorts of other stuff and making his eyes squishy, like <laughs> a Funko is obviously not Walt. Like I get that. I'm totally on board mm-hmm. with you. But at the same time, it's a freaking Funko of Walt, right? <laughs> like, it's so adorable. Yeah, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I guess, to me, I guess I don't I don't see the novelty anymore, you know, because these have been around for, what, 15 years, Funko Pops? Yeah. And they've done everybody. I mean, everybody. And some of them they've done 10 different versions of. Yeah. So it's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I it's, mean, until they start doing like every person on the planet, when Gavin Audison Funko Pop comes out, yeah, I'll probably buy that one. It's funny you mentioned that, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I'm sure you can customize them, like you can customize Lego minifigures and whatever. You can. But you know, my point being, like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I'm gonna be the Scrooge on this one. Bah humbug, Funko Pops. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I get you, dude. I'm totally with you. Yeah. <laughs> You're totally right. Uh, I think the novelty for me, because I don't own 6,000 of them, uh, because I own so few, the novelty still exists in my heart, right? Sure. And this particular set just means a lot to me personally. And that's why mm-hmm. I'm saying that like if I had to pay full price for this, which technically I did because I bought it online, I didn't get my annual pass discount. So technically mm-hmm. I did. Um, I don't care because I'm keeping it. I'm not selling it. I'm not trying to flip it mm-hmm. or anything. Uh, I did have the intention of purchasing one that I could auction off. But even then with the auctions, I still have, I don't know. I feel like it's for a different purpose. Right. Like if we're auctioning off an, an item that we purchased like that and it's for, you know, feeding, you know, cast mm-hmm. members and stuff or for helping the kids at chalk or whatever the case is. I think yeah. it's different than just trying to flip it on eBay. That's definitely different. And we're not buying 10 of anything either. Right. You know, right. We, we are lucky to happen upon one or two, you know, a year, maybe three or four, if we're, if it's a good year of, you know, quality items that we can auction off, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's, there's no abuse there. There's no profiteering. Um, It's, it's really just, you know, trying to get something that we think people will want and, and donate a little money for, and they get a prize out of it and we get to donate that money to a good cause. Yeah. Speaking of that, before we move on, I do want to remind everybody that we are still doing a virtual food drive Uh, through Second Harvest Food Bank in Orange County to help a lot of the cast members that that were furloughed most of the year or that were laid off recently as Disney uh, has remained closed, unfortunately. Uh, Here, the parks in in California, due to the recent COVID spikes, has not been deemed uh, safe to really open the parks. And although Downtown Disney was open, it was only several hundred uh, cast members that were working again. You know, compared Mm -hmm. to the dozens of thousands, you know, of cast members that that were working before, you know, a lot of them need help. They don't have a way to, you know, uh, they don't have something to fall back on or they don't have, you know, people to help them out. So 
uh, this is our way of trying to provide a little bit of magic for them the same way that they've provided magic for us. So if you go to podcateers.com slash 340, you'll see the link there to our donation page. If you don't have the money to donate, please share the link with your friends and family. Repost it on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you want. Uh, help us get the word out. Uh, we're... Uh, at this point, we've provided just over 1,500 meals for people in the Orange County area, and we nice. want to try to provide 3,000 or more. That's our goal. So if you want to head over, you can also go to TeamBoatWilly.com. It's like Steamboat Willie, but without the <laughs> S, and you can find the link to donate there. If you have any questions uh, about the donation or if you have uh, any questions about the fundraiser in general, Please feel free to reach out to us. We'll be happy to help you out and answer as many questions as you have. Uh, and if we don't know the answer, we'll try to send you to where you can get the answer for that. Uh, to everybody that's already donated, reposted, helped us share, you know, thank you so much for your generosity. Uh, as we're approaching Christmas, you know, this episode is releasing the week of Christmas, just a, a, a day or so before. So let's try to make it a happier Christmas for as many people as we can during this difficult time. Hey, Snow White Scary Adventures got yes. a makeover. Yeah. It's getting one, that's for sure. What do you guys think? Have you seen the preview that they posted on the Disney Parks blog? Yeah, it's all pretty and just colorful. So much more color. I, I, oh. I, yeah, I do like, um, the, you know, they gave us a little teaser, but they also showed us some of the facelift they gave to the exterior. And I like that they yes. brought it... In, more in keeping with the new color scheme of the castle with some brighter, um, mm -hmm. you know, colors. It's it's a lot less dark and gothic and scary because they're kind of reworking it to be less scary than it was apparently, uh, which I'm a little disappointed about um, because I liked the scary parts of that. Um, and, you know, there are some parts in particular that I have my concerns about that it seems like they uh, must have shortened. So, uh, yeah, let's let's talk about it. They've made a couple of really big changes. You know, they've added Snow White in, mm -hmm. in an area where she wasn't before, and it makes sense to have her there. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, man, looking at the scenes in the mine, mm -hmm. one reminds me a lot of the mine train attraction that's at Walt Disney World. Oh, I, I think, definitely. Yeah. You know, definitely brought some of that look and technology over. Yeah. And for the first time on this attraction, we're seeing some of that projection technology as well as we mm -hmm. kind of see some of the dwarves in the background. Mm -hmm. This this attraction, I think, just really needed an overhaul for a really long time. You know, I didn't think that they were going to remove some of the parts that they removed uh, as far as from what we can tell was removed. Right. But so far, the additions to the attraction will I mean, they'll make it a little kid friendly uh, or friendlier than it used to be. But, you know, you mentioned it a bit ago, Gavin. I think that scary aspect of this particular attraction is what differentiated it from most of the other attractions in Fantasyland. Yeah. Yep. I totally agree. And, and it, I like what they've done with the uh, Dwarves Mine as far as what they showed us in that little teaser. But it definitely looks like they've significantly lengthened it. And based on what we see in the teaser, it looks like they've lengthened it into the area that is basically the castle dungeon before you reach the the room where we first meet the, the queen. And 
that's really my favorite segment of the ride. It's just mm. so classically dark and all the black light stonework and the skeletons and the the cages and I just I don't know I just love it it's got this kind of creepy old haunted house vibe to me and I really enjoy that segment so it looks like they've at, at least shortened that section if not removed it I don't know if any of that still remains but I do like what they did with the the mine but yeah everything about it seems to be more toward the uh, light-hearted side of the film, even though that film does have a lot of dark stuff in it, um, you know that that uh, it definitely seems lighter. All right, and then the other dark scene that it looks like they have likely cut out as well is the very last scene where you've got the dwarves kind of scaling the cliffside and the the old crone trying to lever the boulder down on her uh, or down on them and then the lightning strike and her apparently falling off the cliff because it looks like they've given that area to a brand new finale scene with all kinds of magical projections and animations where we actually get to see true love's kiss happen with the prince kissing snow white and it looks beautiful and magical and enchanted as the name suggests <laughs> uh but all of it seems to be definitely painting a much brighter lighter cheerier picture than uh the dark ride that we have all cherished since we were we kids ourselves do you think that the enhancements that they made to the attraction uh I mean, Snow White's Scary Adventures, Pinocchio's Daring Rescue. That's what it's called, right? Pinocchio's Daring Rescue? Journey. Mm -hmm. Journey. Journey. Pinocchio's Daring Uh. Journey. Um, These were attractions that never had much foot traffic to begin with, you know? Maybe when they opened, they were really popular, but Peter Pan always seems to commandeer all of the guests that enter Fantasyland, and then, you know, Mr. Toad seems to do it after, so is do you think that you know i i've i've thought that they were overdue for an overhaul for quite some time because we've seen mm-hmm. a lot of the other attractions kind of get their facelifts pinocchio obviously is going to be next and i want to get your thoughts on that but mm-hmm. how much of a difference maker do you think this is going to be and for how long because there's a certain point where the novelty you know wears off right I mean, yeah. if you think about it, remember when Johnny Depp was added to Pirates of the Caribbean? Like mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. insanely packed. Like You couldn't get on the attraction for at least an hour or two. I figure that might be the case here. And depending on when the park opens again, social distancing might make it an even longer wait. Sure. Yeah. I mean, definitely. It's definitely hard to tell because they've never done this type of overhaul to any of the Disneyland Fantasyland dark rides. They've done a lot of plussing and and you know, adding effects here and there, but they didn't rework Peter Pan, they didn't rework Alice in Wonderland really. Uh so this is a real overhaul. It's going to change the entire experience it looks like to me. So it's hard to say it could be really popular. I don't think anything is ever going to pull the line away from Peter Pan, but it may further empty out the line from Pinocchio and Mr. Toad. Um, You know, I think Mr. Toad only gets a little lengthy because of its super low ride capacity. You know, each vehicle Mm -hmm. can hold two normal people or three super tiny people. Um, Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, so it makes the line a little bit longer. Uh, the other one that's really popular is Alice, which, you know, sometimes gets close to that Peter Pan length uh, in wait time. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm, I'm happy for Fantasyland. It's, it's time for some new magic in there. I don't mind that they're making these changes. I will miss some things, but I'm always about progress and the plussing and the changing and the updating. I've ridden that ride a thousand times. I have my memories. I have my experiences. I'm not going to lose those, hopefully. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I like looking back on those things, but I'm also looking forward to experiencing new versions of such things as the, the Snow White Dark Ride. I've had conversations with our pal Sam about, you know, the parades and how long certain parades hang around for and how often we should be getting new parades, you know, at least in his eyes. Sometimes I, I wonder, you know, for these attractions that are classic or, you know, what what do you think the the gestation period is for these attractions? Like, how long do you think you want to give it before you say, all right, pretty much everybody that's seen it is, has seen it at this point. Let's revamp it again. You know, let's plus it. Let's, you know, spruce it up a little bit. Like, personally, I think depending on the attraction or depending on what what's happening like maybe five to ten years would be a good period but mm -hmm. what do you think that should land in i would actually say more close to 10 mm -hmm. because considering what's happening right now because we had talked about the parks coming back to nor uh, normalcy within five years so i would think it'd be at least five years maybe to a decade that mm -hmm. we would see some new change or something that's what I'm thinking. I, as a general rule, I might actually tend to say a longer time period, depending on how successful the attraction is. If it's something that is, you know, a classic or like an instant classic, uh, something like Indiana Jones, you know, it doesn't need a major revamping for 20 years because, you know, it's still just mind blowing how awesome that attraction is. And, you know, something like Snow White, you know, in its current iteration or before they've done this recent renovation had been around since the early 80s at, with, you know, not much change at all. Um, so that to me seems like, yeah, you know, we all understood at some point, maybe five to 10 years ago, that it was about time for it to get some plussing or some real revamping. So to me, it's if it's something that's good and is loved and is kind of a, a a staple of the park i would give it about a 15 to 20 year uh, run before i make any major changes now if it's something that you know is lackluster is isn't drawing the crowds kind of early on you know a la luigi's flying tires then you got to course correct a lot sooner and totally rework it, which they did. And now that attraction's popular, the Rollickin' Roadsters, right? So, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it does depend on the attraction, but I think if we're talking about longstanding staples that are, you know, kind of core attractions for an area, you got to give it 15 to 20 years, in my opinion. That makes sense. Because they don't, they don't usually put out flim flam, right? They, they put out quality. You know, there have yeah. been exceptions. We're looking at you, Superstar Lumo. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, for the most part, they put out qualities. So, you know, like there was no need to uh, touch the Tower of Terror for almost 20 years until they did Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. And 
mm-hmm. that point, you know, people did, you know, gnash their teeth and wail at the sky. But what they gave us was amazing. So, you know, that's that's what I think. How do you feel about bringing a modular experience with an attraction where, for instance, let's take Star Tours, you know, as the example. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. say that Star Tours, if you make the vehicle, maybe leave it the same, but if you make it generic enough, like Star Tours, for instance, how would you feel if they tied it into the the IPs that were relevant at the time to keep people coming back. Like, let's say that instead of all the Star Wars stuff that we're seeing for episode seven, eight, nine, they tied it all into the Mandalorian. And then a year or two mm-hmm. from now, they tied it all into, you know, the new stuff that's coming out. Uh, I mean, I'd be fine with that. I think it would make sense if it stayed within the Star Wars universe. Um, so like I, I wouldn't want it to flip and all of a sudden be, you know, a Hulk attraction or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I mean, I could see that. I mean, they've done updates as they've released the new films. Uh, you know, they've added scenes for the most recent trilogy and I've enjoyed the heck out of that. I think that's a great idea. So adding, you know, doing like a, a summer of Mandalorian or something where they revamp it and it's all Mandalorian would be amazing. Um, you know, I, I could see them pulling that off. I don't, I don't know how many times you can do that and, you know, still keep it interesting. I mean, I guess if they did what they do with like space mountain, right. Where they Mm -hmm. do, you know, the, the hyperspace mountain overlay or ghost galaxy, and then after several months of that, they revert back to whatever the original version of it was. Uh, I guess that would be a way to keep it fresh and it would get people to want to ride the attraction because then it's something different, right? Because Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think you have to worry about Space Mountain. And the right answer here is it should just be Hyperspace Mountain that's, always. That's true. I will agree with that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but... What if we got Hyperspace Mountain with a Dick Dale-ish soundtrack? Mm, nah, Whoa, that's not that's... Star Wars to me. Yeah, but it's yeah. a special you know? version it's different... of it. I guess. What if we had like that surf and sound, but it was mm. the Star Wars suite? <laughs> I-, I was thinking huh? about that. I was thinking about that. I'm like, how yeah. can we do this? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> there was a period uh, in my art career where I was pretty intrigued by the idea of the mashup, but I'm really, really over it. And to me, that's just a mashup that eh, doesn't doesn't work. <laughs> Watch. I'll be honest. Somebody's going to make <laughs> it happen on TikTok, and you're going to be like, oh, I guess it does work. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, uh, yeah I, I could enjoy it on a TikTok, but I don't think I want that on my one of my favorite attractions in the park. Well, speaking of favorite attractions in the park, since we were talking about Snow White, I got to ask you, do you think that Pinocchio's next? And if you do think it's next, what would you want to lose from the attraction if something has to go, if they do the same thing to this one? Sure. Yeah, I do think that Pinocchio is probably in line for a uh, revision similar to uh, Snow White's Enchanted Wish. Is that what it is? Yeah. Snow White? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it... it it has some areas that are kind of lacking in my mind. Like I really love any time that we're in or around um, 
Geppetto's Village. I think those sets are just gorgeous. They're really, really beautiful. I think a couple of the scenes are kind of lacking, though, like the the Stromboli scene, um, specifically with his animatronic. Um, and then with the the Pleasure Island scene, I think is really, really kind of, uh, I don't want to say cheaply done, but it's it's using a lot of really, really dated technology now and pretty basic use of black light. Uh, a lot of those things, you know, they feel really flat. They don't have much dimensionality to them. Whereas other scenes look so much more painterly and, and beautiful like you're in the film. Uh, so I think those scenes could really stand some, some upgrades. I would love to see more articulation with a Pinocchio animatronic. I would love to see that weird like foreshortened perspective version of Monstro turn into something that looks yeah. like really cool yeah. and menacing, you know? Uh, I think that would be uh, a little more interesting. Or maybe if they could do it like Little Mermaid where you kind of feel like you're going underwater for a minute and, you know, you're really being menaced by Monstro. I think that could be cool. But, you know, really I think it's the one that they've done the least with as far as bringing up to modernization with any projection technology or uh, you know any other modern effects that one lacks those the most with i guess the exception of toad but toad kind of works as this weird slapstick like yeah. flat panel yeah. thing you know um so i kind of love toad the way it is uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I welcome it. I, I would love to see them uh, get their hands on Pinocchio. As we all know, it's my favorite Disney movie. So um, I'd love to see new Pinocchio magic in the park. And I'd love to see it popularized again and more people fall in love with that film because it's my fave. I agree, except with the part that it's my fave. <laughs> but everything else you said, well, sure. I totally agree yeah. with. Yeah, well, you know, they already took away the village house and made it uh, the Red Rose Tavern. So I'm hoping they don't just continue that and turn Pinocchio into a Beauty and the Beast ride. But that would make you happy. Not really. No? No, not really. Uh, I think there's a certain charm to having Pinocchio there um, because of the legacy of the animated Mm -hmm. film and the way that that entire area is set up. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't particularly feel that beauty and the beast would fit the mold of what those uh, attractions mm-hmm. represent so early on in Walt's career. Uh, so cool. if they did like a, a show with Gaston or bell or something like that, or LeFou in front of the mm-hmm. red rose tavern, or if they did something else in the, in the um, Fantasyland theater, I'd mm-hmm. probably be better with that as a decision, yeah. but overtaking Pinocchio for Beauty and the Beast, although Beauty and the Beast is my favorite, I wouldn't want to see that. I would want to keep Pinocchio where it is. Groovy. Yeah, that's what I do love about the the Disneyland Fantasyland is it is all the classics. Yeah, like that original era. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I do I do love that. I, I will say though that if you were to lose that area to any princess it would possibly be Cinderella because the only representation Mm. Cinderella has in the area is the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Mm -hmm. And if they wanted to expand that attraction so that you saw the entire story and you exited into the gift shop, which is a common thing for many attractions, Mm -hmm. 
it would mm-hmm. make sense to exit into the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique versus exiting mm-hmm. the attraction the way that you currently exit now. Sure. So if there if there was ever a property that would overtake Pinocchio, I think it would be Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. I could see that. I hope they don't do it, but I I, I hope they that. don't do it either. <laughs> I don't think they will. No. <laughs> My wife would not like me saying that since that's her favorite movie. But oh, nice. I, I agree. Uh, I I don't think I would like to see that. I think Pinocchio uh, represents a really major part of Walt's animation career um, that I think is very, very relevant. And the princesses get so much representation throughout the parks and parades and stuff yeah. like that, that removing Pinocchio would just, you know, you wouldn't see him very often unless it's like a cavalcade yeah. of characters and stuff. And, you know, you have to try to represent as many characters as possible because representing as many characters as possible also represents the different types of people that visit the park because everyone associates Mm -hmm. with a different character. You know, you don't want to see the princesses all over the entire park. Right. So anyhow, totally different conversation for another day, but (laughs) uh, cool. So uh, I have to, I want to shift over to Disney plus because we didn't get a chance to talk to you about this before, Gavin. But mm-hmm. are you officially caught up with The Mandalorian now? Heck yeah, I am. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mel. Oh, I know you're caught up because we were texting back and forth about it. So, yes. <laughs> I know. Okay. So, before we get into The Mandalorian, uh, I just, you know, part of me is a little disappointed. Because when Disney Plus... When all the announcements were being made about all these cool new things coming to Disney Plus in December, one of the things I was super excited about, and I'm posting on Instagram and my stories like, I know what I'm doing December 11th. I'm watching High School Musical, The Musical, The Musical, The Musical, The Disappointment. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It, um, Gavin, did you watch it? I started watching it and then I kind of just skipped around a little bit and mostly fast forwarded through it honestly and I should have known better but I was expecting a classic like holiday special from a TV show where it's like uh, an episode set at Christmas maybe a longer episode but I wanted a high school musical the musical the series story you know but all it was was the cast in their separate locations singing one of their favorite Christmas songs and answering questions about their Christmas memories, which I don't care about their Christmas memories. That's not interesting to me at all. They're all fun performers and some of them sang really good songs, but yeah, it's not what I was looking for. I thought it was going to be another story in the life of those characters. I was there for the characters and I didn't get them. I should have known better though. Like, of course they're not going to film a, a new episode. Yeah, but they could have banked one. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you, dude. I was 120% looking forward to having an actual Christmas story where, like, the gang gets together and they save Christmas at the high school, you mm-hmm. know? And I got none of that. And I think yep. five to eight minutes into it, when I realized what it was going to be, I'm like, this is the Disney sing along with different people. Yep, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> and as yep. soon as I saw that, I. Went and saw the the Mandalorian again. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so now that uh, it we brought it up, I mean, the Mandalorian 
Oh my god. <laughs> there is no That's the cleanest way to say right? it. <laughs> There's so many other things I want to say, but ah, uh, so for the purpose of this portion of the episode, listener discretion is advised. Not because we're going to be cursing, but because there may be spoilers. And when I say there may be, there definitely will be. So if you haven't watched the final episode of The Mandalorian for this season, make sure that you watch it before you listen to this part of the episode. If you've already seen it, join us on the Discord server and let's talk about it. Because, oh, I've been saying (laughs) over and over with almost every episode this season that the last one that I saw was my favorite. Nope, this new one was my favorite. Nope, this last one was my favorite. And let me tell you, now that I've seen every episode this season, nope. The last one was my favorite. Interesting. Nice. Uh, I it's not the last one was not my favorite episode of the season. Um, it was good. Uh, I will tell you the one. Th- well, there's two things that I found slightly frustrating about that episode. Uh, overall, I did like it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. But I found it frustrating that and. And this is, I'm fully spoiling if people haven't watched, uh, watched at this point. We've already warned everybody, so. Okay. So I, I didn't like that Grogu was taken so late in the series. And as soon as he's rescued, a minute later, he's handed off and we say goodbye to him again. Like, I found that frustrating. Like, I wished that they had stolen him earlier in the series and it was more of an epic rescue tale you know and then maybe we get him back three quarters of the way through the series and then you know there's a breathing moment before we get to the final handoff you know i I found that a little frustrating um just as a like fan of wanting things to work out right yeah uh and then the second thing is i i really feel like the strength of the mandalorian was that it 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 never relied on main saga characters for anything it was that's what was great about it is that it stands alone and there are references and there are you know appearances you know late in this season we've got the appearance of of boba fett and that adds some some texture and some flavor and in the nine previous films he's in like 10 minutes of them so he's like he's really a minor character so i didn't mind bringing him in i didn't mind referring to things but when you bring in a main saga character to me, that's a crutch. And yeah, of course, I love seeing him. Everybody loves seeing him. But that's not the Mandalorian. That's not what the Mandalorian is about, you know. And I, I was a little bit like, ah, really? It's him? Okay. I mean, I'm cool with that. He's cool. He's the best. He's the guy. He's the man. But I was like, ah, okay. I hope he's not in every episode next year. And uh, I don't know. It, it, it makes me have many more question marks for season three. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Mel, what about you? I'm on the opposite <laughs> end. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're cool. It's because I'm I'm the the person that is if I'm entertained, I'm entertained. So I was really entertained, but um it's funny. Yeah, I, I was thinking about how what next uh, season, you know, what they're going to do for us, how, how we're going to are we going to see Grogu again? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to. You have to. Right. I mean, at some point, 
yeah. you know, when. <clears throat> but um, the whole, honestly, I really, I really enjoyed the whole um, rescue part. And this is because um, I'm a fan of uh, Katie Sackhoff, mm-hmm. who plays Bo-Katan. And Starbuck. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Finally got to see all of Battlestar Galactica, so I know everything. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, they're basically fighting Cylons in that last episode. Right. (laughs) So it was so cool to see a little bit of that and just, but leading up to it, it was just awesome um, just to see her again because she's just, she's really BA, totally. She's cool. Um, The one thing I had in my mind was who, who is that Jedi? Who is it? I'm not going to say right now. We're going to lead up to that because I don't know if you just want me to say it. But, um, I think we could say it. I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So leading up, that was my main question. How, who is, who, who, who was Grogu talking to? Who? And I was thinking, okay, we're t- this time's, okay, this timeline, who is a Jedi? Da-da-da. Trying to cross down my, my list of candidates mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then we see the X-Wing and I'm done. Mm-hmm. I am done. I am done. I was like, oh my God, this is happening. I didn't anticipate to see Luke so early yeah. or anyone because we've seen how they did Leia in Rogue One. So I'm thinking, how are we going to do this? And then we saw in The Last Jedi, uh, yes, in The Last Jedi, oh my God, I want his skin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's just beautiful i'm like i oh my god just the the i was blown away by how he looked how just so good so he god i'm gonna this is gonna be horrible but he looked better here than in um (laughs) episode nine uh so it's interesting because i i feel like they've really started to be able to nail these um, CGI recreations of these actors, as far as the look goes, they're mm-hmm. still not there with naturalistic movement, yeah. uh, even speaking. So as soon as he says or does anything, it, it loses it a little bit for me. But when he's just standing there and you're just looking at him, I mean, it was it was freaking, you know, Luke from Return of the Jedi. It was it was yeah. really, really cool. Um, I really really enjoyed his entrance into the episode and just Mm -hmm. watching him waylay all those dark troopers was so gratifying. That's like, that's the one thing that this particular star Wars iteration has really not had, which is a Jedi presence. We got the one episode with Ahsoka Tano where you get Mm -hmm. glimpses of it, but watching him come in and just show this is what a Jedi master can do when, when it's, when it's called for, Oh man, that was so gratifying watching all those dark troopers eat it. On uh, Reddit, I had seen. I bless the internet. I love when people are able to make comparison, um, like videos or gifts. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's one. I have to send it to you guys. It is literally the shot where Vader is coming out in episode four. It's the scene where he comes in. He's going through everyone. And it's the same thing where Luke is just coming in, opens mm-hmm. up the elevator, and he's just going yeah. through everyone. It it's is probably so the final cool. scene of uh, Rogue One that you saw. Because when he I enters in episode four, he doesn't do a whole lot. 
The stormtroopers right. do. He's already done the damage. Mm-hmm. We see that damage in Rogue One. And edit that out. No, you're good. <laughs> it, it, like, it makes I'm sense. So okay. here's, here's the reason. Okay, so story-wise, I have to say that the Ahsoka Tano episode was possibly my favorite of the entire season. Uh, just mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of how they introduced Ahsoka Tano, how they introduced the name of the child in the episode, um, how they linked it to the other stories. I mean, not that they weren't linked before, but uh, explaining the presence of, of the remaining Jedi and you know his training and everything, I think filled in a lot of holes that we had story-wise from the very beginning. But this one is my favorite for a different reason. Like I have on different favorite planes, right? This one, as you know, I've been trying to learn more about the Star Wars universe and I've been trying to consume more of the content because I, I, I get the appeal now. You know, I'm, I'm kind of falling in love with the universe and the characters and everything that goes along with it. Because of that, the completionist side of my brain is like, ah, it's all wrapping together now, you know, and (laughs) knowing that the Mandalorian takes place, you know, about five years after episode four, by that time, Luke is already a master Jedi, right? Like he's Mm -hmm. coming in like with five extra years of experience that he already had by the end of the last Mm -hmm. film in that original trilogy. So in my head, it's all starting like it's just a giant map with a bunch of red yarn connecting different points <laughs> in different series. For me, I like I, I understand how you were feeling, Gavin, about how maybe we were going to get that breathing point where they kind of took them and then they saved them and then we had more adventures and then he finally gave them up. I Like me personally, I don't want to say that I saw this coming because I didn't see this particular thing coming. But I knew that they were going to save Grogu, right? I I knew that that was coming in some form or another. I, like, in my head, I figured that they were going to take him back to the stone and he was going to have one more shot at communicating without all the dark troopers attacking him this time. And at Mm -hmm. that point, we were going to finally see the Jedi that was going to appear and finally say, okay, come with me, little one. You know, let's complete Mm -hmm. your training. And a part of me didn't connect that it was going to be Luke. I thought it was going to be Ezra uh, because since they're releasing all the new series, like Ahsoka is going to be a new series that's going to basically tell you Mm -hmm. her story, which a lot of her story is told throughout Clone Wars, right? You see a lot of her Mm -hmm. stuff in that series, and Ezra is a big part of that. So I thought they were going to link those two together and then there's the other series that are, you know, kind of along the same lines of that, like Rangers of the New Republic and stuff. So I thought they were going to be- begin to bring more of those characters in so that they didn't have to rely on CG to bring back the old characters. Like, it was yeah. cool that they brought back Luke. Like, I'll be lying if I didn't, like, get all the warm and fuzzies when I saw him. But when mm-hmm. I saw that that Jedi coming through and just wailing on all the, the dark troopers. I thought it was going to be Ezra or, you know, somebody else. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it makes sense that, that he's the one, uh, that's there. Uh, so I, I get it. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense and, you know, 
I mean, he's kind of the face of the brand, really. Yeah. Uh, so it it, mm-hmm. it it is neat, you know, to have him show up. I'm just hoping it is more of a cameo. And, you know, maybe there's going to be a couple more cameos in the next season. But to have a deep fake character for a whole season, I, oof, that sounds sketchy to me. Um, and I'm really wondering, like, do you guys know what the situation is with the the teaser at the end of the episode? Um, is that going to be a separate series? Yes. Okay. It is not going to be considered the Mandalorian season three. The Book of Good. Boba Fett <laughs> is its own series, and there will okay. be a series, a season three of the Mandalorian separate from that. Okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, that makes me feel a little better. What I don't know if you've seen the comparison photos, but if they did have to bring back Luke Skywalker to continue telling the story, what do you think of Sebastian Stan taking the the mantle of Luke Skywalker? I don't know who that is, so I'm I'm not sure. Sebastian Stan played the Winter Soldier in the MCU, but there's been a couple of renderings where they like kind of paint on a beard, and because of his scraggly hair, he kind of mm-hmm. looks like a uh, like a young Luke Skywalker. Okay. I have seen I have seen that photo. I kind of see it too, but I mean, he didn't have any facial hair in that era of Star Wars, so Mm-mm. I I mean, the answer here is I I I just don't think we need any of those characters in The Mandalorian. Well, I'm saying if they had to bring him back for whatever reason. Yeah. Here's the comparison. Oh, damn. Right? Mhm. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I can see that. That I'd be fine with that as long as uh, Mark does the voice acting. Well, we'd have to go back to that deep fake thing, but no, just have have um, you've got him playing the the body, and then Mark Hamill does the the voice. But what if Sebastian Stan can do like an uncanny, you know, Luke Skywalker voice? He can't. He's not. He, no, I, <laughs> I I don't believe he can. It's definitely a step up from Solo. Oh yeah. That's for sure. I I wouldn't know. I never even bothered to watch that. Well, you're good. (laughs) For all of you that haven't had the opportunity to see the photo, I'm going to put it up in the Discord server. Uh, Let us know what you think because, I mean, when I first saw this, I just thought it was like Luke Skywalker. And then two years later, he was, you know, cosplaying as himself again. Because, I mean, Sebastian Stan bears an Mm -hmm. uncanny resemblance to Mark Hamill. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be a good way to kind of bring him back. I hope they don't use him as a crutch, like you were saying. Uh, mm-hmm. Unlike what you said, Melissa, I don't think we're going to see Grogu for the entire season. I don't think we're going to see him in really? the book. Of, uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to see him in the book of Boba Fett at all. There might mm-hmm. be references, yeah. but in the se- in season three of The Mandalorian, I don't think we're going to see Grogu at all. Hmm. I think there's going to be other stuff that happens that might be connected, um, but you probably won't they will the lose end. viewers. They will lose viewers if they don't have Grogu. You think so? Because oh yeah, because a lot of people started watching that uh, with season with season one episode two when they saw all the the whole internet blow up with this cute little cuddly Yoda creature. That's true. And they they fell in love with <laughs> yeah. that, and that's why they watched. Yeah. You know the Goo Goo Gaga effect uh, was in full effect. Yeah. So I think they'll lose viewers if they do that. Uh, so maybe we'll get like I don't know a baby Jabba the Hutt or something. <laughs> no way. That's called a pillow. <laughs> I don't know. I, I 
I, I was talking to my friend about it um, uh, a couple days ago. We were, we were chatting back and forth about this final episode. And we talked about, you know, we both really loved it, you know, like I said before. But we both talked about our criticisms and how it gives us question marks for season three. But based on the fact that season one and two were so stellar, we're still on board. Like, yeah. I, I'm there day one as soon as they mm-hmm. release the next episode. So, And that's saying something because I do not watch current television shows. I wait until the, the series finale happens and then I tune in. So this is a rare exception for me. Interesting. Yeah, I, like I don't it. watch current TV at all. I it like it. It drives me nuts. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. I get what you're saying. I, I don't think Grogu is going to appear. But it does make you wonder one thing, though. Hmm. Did Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren burn Grogu? Depends on how long he's hanging out with Luke, I guess. Well, when you think about where Episode 7, 8, and 9 pick up and the story that Luke tells and why he doesn't want to train Rey and what happened with Ben, where's Grogu in all of that? Yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a bit of distance between Return of the Jedi and, and Episode 7. It's like 20 years, right? At least. I think so. Well, no, it's got to be even more than that because Kylo is older than 20 years. And Han and Leia don't have a kid yet at the end of Episode 6. It's got to be like 30 years, I bet. So, I mean, Grogu can be with Luke for 5, 10 years getting training and then not be around anymore when that whole thing goes down. Hmm. I think you got enough time in there. I want to believe that. Yeah. Or he got fried. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want that to happen, though. I don't either. I like Grogu. Yeah. Every time I hear him coo, I just... Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. They get me hook, line, and sinker. All right. Well, we want to know what you felt watching the final episode of this season of The Mandalorian. Uh, You know, thumbs up or thumbs down for you. How did you feel about Grogu being taken away at the end? Obviously, after... Oh, actually, before we wrap up, I got to ask you the question. How did you feel about Din taking his mask off? Yeah, that that brings up a lot of questions for sure. But um, there, gosh, there are also other questions. You know, he's got this sword, which makes him what emperor of Mandalore? Yeah, now? like we, yeah. yeah, they're gonna have to answer a lot of questions in the first couple of episodes of the next season. Um, I felt uncomfortable with it um, because you know we know the rules, and it's like he's already broken it once, uh, and like I don't know. Like, he's getting kind of loose with them uh, Mandalorian rules, it seems like. I just like how it showed um, a little bit of humanity. We don't really see a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, I understand the humanity side of it. But uh, after that happened, it's funny because Mm -hmm. every time anybody's ever asked me, like, you know, are you Jedi or Sith? You know, light side or dark side? Like, I always joke and I'm like, you know, bounty hunter. That was my answer for most of that stuff. And I always knew like you couldn't take off your helmet, but I never understood why. And so after researching a little bit and star Wars geeks out there listening, if I'm incorrect, please correct me, you know, let me know because I don't want to continue saying this if it's incorrect. But as far as I know, the hard rule of not taking the mask off only pertains to the children of the watch. It doesn't pertain to everyone on Mandalore. 
especially considering that there's other Mandalorians that are okay with it, which is why Bo-Katan takes hers off and everyone that mm-hmm. she's with takes hers off. And so mm-hmm. when they set set up that that story that, you know, there are Mandalorians that take it off, like it was obviously going to happen for him because they foreshadowed it from, you know, the very beginning of of uh, the season and then they kept repeating that theme over and over like when they were uh trying to infiltrate to get the coordinates of grogu like what's his name bill burst character uh i don't remember his character name well regardless bill burst character while they're driving he's all like well what's the story with your mask you know are you not allowed to take it off or is it that people can't see your face you know because it's two Mm -hmm. different things and it's true so they set it up for a really long time but, uh, yeah, apparently that's just a hard rule of the Children of the Watch, which is the guild that he's technically a part of. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, now that he, like you said, with the Darksaber, now that he's, like, ruler of, of the Mandalorians, does he go back on it? Because now a bunch of people have seen who he is. Yeah. You know, it's not a I secret anymore. So. Yeah. I, I think the next season will... Uh answer that question for us and and will yeah. we go back and hook up with that girl that wanted to see his face when they were on that planet oh yeah right oh yeah. where baby grogu was all like i eat frogs and all the kids are like <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway back to what i was saying anybody that had a chance to watch the final episode of the mandalorian let us know your thoughts. You know, how did you feel about some of the things that we talked about? You know, Din taking off his, his helmet, Luke taking Grogu away. Where do you think that leaves us? How do you think, you know, it's going to affect season three? We'd love to hear your thoughts and we'd love to discuss this a little further. I've just been super psyched because the more that I'm learning about the Star Wars universe, the more it's all connecting. I just keep thinking to myself, oh, God bless you, Dave Filoni and John Favreau. You've uh, <laughs> you've made <Yeah>. this uh, <laughs> this guy a Star Wars fan, and I'm just I don't know. I feel like a little kid, man. Just kind of watching a lot of these. Like I I understand the appeal, and I understand how where that fandom comes from for a lot of people. Yeah. So. Well, and and you're about to get 67 new Star Wars series. That's so nothing. To consume. <laughs> That's nothing. The trick is to watch them on release week. Okay. <laughs> Good luck with that. Right. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Again, join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or on our Discord server. If you're not a member of the Discord server yet, just go over to the blog post for this episode, podcateers.com slash 340, or go to podcateers.com, scroll down a bit, you'll see the invite to the server there. We just started it up not too long ago. It's a growing community, but, uh, you know, it's fun. I love it. And uh, that's it. Any closing thoughts before we close up for today? Mm, this is the way. Oh, that's a good one. Oh. Ah, that's <laughs> a good one. Also, mm-hmm. whistle while you work. It does pass the time. Oh, that's true. Both very good ones, Gavin. So <laughs> on that note, keep dreaming. Keep moving forward. Merry Christmas if you celebrate it. And happy Hanukkah if uh, by this time I think it will be over by the time this episode releases. And always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. Made you look.